0: We appreciate the goodness of God and God's word tonight, Acts chapter 26, verses 23 through 29. Just a, a bit of Bible reading. If you didn't get yours in today, I'm going to help you out, all right? That Christ should suffer. These are, This is Paul speaking here. That Christ should suffer. Now, he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa Believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. And then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. Verse 29 is our key verse. We'll read it once more. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. And I want to preach on the title of a message, Changed, Not Chained. Changed, Not Chained. Reverend sir, would you please pray for the message and the messenger. Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. All right. I want you to check this out. In Acts chapter 26, Paul the Apostle is in chains. He has these chains on his hands. He's chained to a Roman soldier that is behind him. He is standing before a king, King Agrippa. King Agrippa has his entourage before him, and they're seated up high, looking down. Upon Paul, also with the king, is the king's sister, Bernice, it looks like Bernice, it's Bernice, and a Roman procurator, which is a high-ranking Roman official, and this man's name is Festus. These people appear to be free, while Paul is in chains, but yet Paul is the one who is free, Paul is free. Why? Because he was set free by Jesus Christ from his sin. So Paul is the one that is set free. They are the ones not knowing Christ, not having Christ as their Savior. They are the ones that are in bondage. They are the ones that are chained. Paul's life was chained It changed, and even though he had the chains on, he was free. And what was his duty and his responsibility? It was to tell those people that all the pomp and circumstance, all of the entourage and everything looking so glamorous for them, their ultimate goal was to get out of spiritual bondage and to be set free by Jesus Christ so we want to look at two things Paul's explanation and Paul's exhortation Paul's explanation now as I said already Paul was chained how did Paul get there we have to go back a few chapters there's a lot that happened in the book of Acts the Acts of the Apostles When I first started going to church and I was in upstate New York, I got a Bible from my pastor, and I began to read that, and he said one day during the service, the Acts of the Apostles could be called the Acts of the Holy Ghost through the power of Jesus Christ. I began to look at that, and I said, my Bible doesn't say that, but I was a new Christian. I didn't know. I didn't understand But as you see, the the various things that God is doing, that that in the book of Luke, Jesus Christ, at the end of that, he was raised from the dead, and he showed his power. And then in the book of Acts, in the beginning, God poured out the Holy Spirit upon his people. And so they were going out in different places and preaching the gospel. And this man, Paul, was affected by the preaching of that gospel. So Paul went to various places on missionary journeys, and Paul, we get to this place— in Acts chapter 21, where Paul was on a missionary journey and he went to this place that we have all heard of called Jerusalem. He went into the temple to offer a sacrifice. There were some foreign Jews that were there, and while they were there, if you If you may not understand what what, what happened in the Jewish temple, it was a place that was supposed to be set aside for the worship of God. It would be a a church nonetheless, if you were able to call it that. But it was a structure that was built for the worship of God and the presence of God was supposed to be there. And there were Jews that were of the people of Israel, Abraham's people. And then there were Gentiles who were not born of Abraham. The Gentiles had a place that, that they were supposed to be able to worship at a certain place, the court of the Gentiles. And there were places they, they were not allowed to go. Paul had been seen in the city, not in the temple. Paul had been seen in the city with some Gentiles. And so when he was in the temple, there were some Jews that raised up a false report. Now see, why did they do that? They did not like this man called Paul. Why? Because he was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. It offended them. The gospel of Christ offends people. There are people that do not want to live right. They don't want to hear your message. They don't want to hear the word that you have to say. They get offended, and they will try to stop you from living for God. And so they raised up this false report that said, Hey, Paul brought these Gentiles into the temple. He, he desecrated the temple. And so the people got, got, got into an uproar. It became a mob. And then it became a riot. They didn't say there was fire and things were being broken and looting and everything. But what were they trying to do? They were trying to get to Paul and they were going to tear him limb from limb. But a Roman centurion came in and saved him. Really, what was happening? The Roman centurion was getting ready to come and beat Paul because yeah. they thought he was the problem. But Really, it was the mob that was the problem. And so as Paul began to talk to him and he began to speak to him in Greek and he thought that hey this I thought this was just some some uproar that you caused he said let me speak to the people and he began to tell them about his testimony and the testimony when you read in the book of Acts the testimony of Paul was always about what Jesus did in his life that's the most important thing that has ever happened to anybody it's what Jesus has done in your life it's not about the grades you get in school it's not about who you you know it's not about how much money you got in the bank that stuff's all going to pass away the most important thing is do you have Jesus in your life you don't want to look back with regret amen you don't want to look back with regret I was on Facebook today and I don't know if my wife saw it but it was somebody I don't know if they're listening but Somebody that used to go to church with us when we were pastoring in another place, and I remember them so innocent, maybe a teenager when we first met them, now grown, have a child of their own, posted something today that said, I wish life was easier to change. I would not be living the way I am. And I thought it was so sad to see something like that. Some people have posted prayer, that's the only way out. Prayer is the only way out of that, to get your life right and to get focused back on Jesus, to get focused back on what he has done. Jesus went to the cross for you. Jesus died for you. He died so your life could be changed. So that was Acts 21. Acts 22, Paul gives his testimony, and as they were getting ready to 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 listen to him and everything was going good, he used the word Gentiles. And that got the crowd back in that uproar. They wanted to come and get Paul. The Roman centurion took him out and said, hey, I don't know what this is about. I don't understand any of this. I'm going to get you out of here. You have got to go and see somebody else because we can't let the mob do that to you. But we can't keep you in custody over something that's religious. You haven't done anything worthy of death or of arrest. So they kept them in custody. In Acts chapter 23, Paul giving his testimony again. As I said, the word of God offends people. So, pa- so Paul gave his testimony again, another uproar. And so the centurion said, hey, you need to go see Felix. Felix was considered, as we talked about, a a procurator, a Roman governor, so to speak. He knew the Roman law, but he also, as we look in Acts chapter 24, Felix also, he had a wife who was a Jew. Felix knew of that way. What was that way? That way was a a certain division, as they had tried to call it, of the Jewish part of religion over in Rome. But there was a certain part of them that had followed Jesus. They weren't just, just doing it and just talking about it, but they were actually living out what they said they believed. They were actually going through everything that they said. That when somebody said, do unto others as God would have done unto you, they did that. When somebody said that you give as God has given unto you, they did that. That. they laid down their own lives they made sacrifices they read they prayed they gathered together they were the real thing and so the romans they were confused and paul was a leader among them it was called the way felix knew about the way he heard about the way his wife was curious about the way and so here was this man who had came to felix in custody Paul called him forth. Paul, still in change, had a chance to preach a sermon to him. How would it be if you were to have the greatest preacher of all time to come up and to preach to you individually? You have a, a one-on-one, well, two-on-one, a two-on-one sermon just with him. An interview with him where you get to hear exactly what it is that from the, straight from the throne of God, straight to you in the very heart of your life. Remember, he was a Roman citizen. He was a governor. And then we hear about, if you read about it in history, you heard about all of the money that was spent. All of the lavishness, all of the, the greed, and all of the corruption There were people that would come to Felix begging for their lives. And if they did not have enough money, he sent them away to be executed. This man, Felix, he had no mercy. He had no shame. He did whatever it was that he wanted to do. And this man named Paul, the Bible said he came and he gave him a three-point sermon on, on temperance, on righteousness, and judgment to come. The Bible said Felix trembled. He had never heard anything like that before, that he needed to get his life right, that he needed to prepare for the judgment to come, and he needed to get rid of his sin. What did Felix do? Did he get down on his knees and call out to God and say, Paul, you're right, I need to get right with God? The Bible says, he said, "Uh, uh, 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 uh." remember Porky Pig? I think it was him. that's all folks that's all Paul he said go your way for this time when I when I have a more convenient season I'll I'll uh I'll send you a text message I'll let you know when to come back Paul I'm not ready yet talk to people all the time I'm not ready yet I'm not ready to go to church when is there ever a better time to come to church? When things are bad, come to church. When things are good, come to church. When things are topsy-turvy and you don't know which way you're going, get down to the house of God and pray and talk to God. There's always a good time to come to church. The worst time to stay home is any time. Any time there's a church service, be here. Tuesday, Thursday, twice on Sunday. And so then we end up in Acts 24. Paul had to come before Felix a few other times, but Felix, he thought he was going to get some money from somebody to to let Paul go. Remember how I I talked about that, the corruption and everything? He was holding Paul as a political prisoner, knowing that Paul had not broken any Roman law whatsoever. Paul was even a Roman citizen, so Paul knew what the law said. He was holding him, hoping that somebody, one of his friends or somebody from the way would come and, and slip Felix a couple, a couple, uh, who knows, Caesars, I guess. You know, they didn't have any, any Grants or Benjamins over there. So, hey, maybe they'll slip me some, some Nero's. He didn't get anything. And so he held Paul in bondage for two years for nothing. And so they found out how corrupt he was. They got him out of there. They got another guy, this guy Festus, Festus. And so right before that, Felix tried to have him tried, hoping that the Jews would be on his side. He tried to have him tried. Paul said, no, I appeal unto Caesar. Try to have Paul tried in Jerusalem. That would be an execution for him. They would kill him on the way or kill him when he got there. And so he ended up going after Felix was gone and Festus came in. Festus, he read the account. He didn't know what to do with it either. And so he's waiting and trying to figure something out. And king Agrippa is coming to town. Not like Santa Claus coming to town, but King Agrippa is coming to town. So King Agrippa is coming and Bernice is coming. And he thinks, well, maybe I can let the king uh, find out about this. Now King Agrippa... He had heard a lot about Paul. He knew about the way. He had studied it. Not only did he know, but he studied it. He knew about it. He wanted to know more about it. And so when Festus came to him and he said, I've got this prisoner named Paul and all of these things that are happening, his interest was Pete. And he said, you have Paul? Really? He said, I would also hear the man myself. He said, tomorrow you're going to hear him. So here we are in Acts in Acts chapter twenty six. In Acts chapter twenty six, Paul is standing there with these chains, and as I said, he was the free man. Paul is standing there before them, and Paul. He begins to lift up his hand, and it must have been some kind of gesture for Paul to lift up his hand, even though he had those chains on. And he said, I'm grateful to you, King Agrippa, that I get to answer for myself. He started off just telling him and giving him a compliment on the way that he carried himself and the way that he had studied out the way and that he was willing to hear about what Paul had to say. We understand how Paul got to that point but do you know how you got to this point in your life how have you gotten here I thought about this and I didn't want to I didn't want to confuse anyone because I was going to say how did you get here now if you don't know how you physically got here you're confused okay somebody hit you over the head with a baseball bat and put you in their trunk and you woke up and you were in church no that's not how you got here But we're talking about in a spiritual sense. How did you get here? Jim Rohn, he has a book called Seasons of Life. And in that book, he he, he talks about how our life goes through seasons. We all know what the seasons are, winter, spring, summer, and fall. And sometimes we go through various things in our lives and we, we end up in a dark place in our lives. We end up in winter. Winter is cold. Winter is windy. Winter can be harsh on us, especially when we're trying to get somewhere and there may be ice and it's, and it's hard to, to imagine how we're going to get from one place to another. Winter is hard. and Sometimes our life gets that way. We have a life of despair and disappointment. We have things that have happened in our lives. And and I talk to people and they say that, I've got a lot going on in my life. I'm trying to get through it. What are they saying? I'm trying to get through my winter. I'm trying. But what may have happened was they did not prepare for winter. He made an, an analogy of the ant. We all know about the ant, don't we? What does the ant do? They stock up, yes. As soon as winter is over, they come out, don't they? They're thinking about what? Not summertime, not time to play. They're thinking about the next winter. They're thinking about how things are going to be tough and hard that when, those, when that winter comes back, they want to be stocked up. They want to be prepared. They don't want to have it to be hard for themselves and so they go out and they get to it they go out and they get to work you put something in their way they go around it they go over it they go through it they do whatever they can they try to get to that thing because they know I'm going to need something when winter comes and the same way spiritually if you have not prepared for your winter to come if you have never been through winter let me tell you something you are going to have one I heard a preacher preach a message. Well, maybe it was a song or something. I don't know. He said, If any of you ever been through a storm, if not, your storm is coming. So you have to be ready for winter. You don't want to be unprepared when winter comes. Why? Because if you're unprepared when winter comes, think about the farmer who had not been out there and planted in the spring. Think about how they had not dug down deep and did what they had to in the summer. Think about the farmer who, when it was harvest time, left it all out there and did not pick it all up and put it in a storehouse for winter. Unprepared. Empty cupboards, empty plates, hungry children, disappointment. But if you're prepared, you're ready. If you're prepared... You can go through winter, you can sit back, you can rest, you can read, you can get ready. The same thing spiritually. If you're going through winter right now, you say, hey, I messed my life up. I didn't do things the way I was supposed to. You can get down on your face and call out to God. You can start right now. You can start now and say, Jesus, I need you to do something in my life. I'm going through a dark place in my life right now. Jesus, I need you to help me and to bring me through that's what it takes to get through winter it does not last forever but we got to look up and see that there is a God who can do something about our situation how did you get here spiritually you know how you got here but you can keep on going forward you can make that decision to get to Jesus Paul did that exact same thing. He made that decision to get to Jesus. Everything that happened in his life, he had told that very same thing. We're talking about Paul's exhortation. Everything that happened, he related out there to King Agrippa and Festus. He talked about how he was was a Pharisee. He was the best of the best. He was a religious person. But yet, that was not enough to get him saved. That was not enough to get him to heaven. He had all of what was called the Old Testament, what we call it now, he had it all memorized. He knew it from front to back. He knew everything about it, but yet still, he could not see that he needed the Messiah, which was Jesus Christ. He could not see that, and so one day, he was going down the road towards this place in Damascus. He was going down the street called Straight, and the Bible says that he was on his way, and suddenly, there shined a the light up in heaven above the brightness of the sun, and it knocked him down. And a voice began to call out to him. It said, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the praise. It's hard to kick against the pricks tonight. Let me tell you what that was. That was a gold for those 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 bulls and those cattle. They would heat that dude up, and they would just prick that thing, and it would try to kick against those pricks. It would hurt their feet and hurt their legs, and God is pricking you tonight, just like he did for Felix. God is pricking you tonight. He wants you to come and get saved. He wants you to give your heart to Jesus. He wants you to come down here and pray for the Holy Ghost. He wants you to be filled with the Spirit. That's what God's doing. He's trying to prick you tonight. It happened to me when I was 16. Somebody told me I needed to get saved. God was pricking my heart. I was like that ant. I needed to go and get that prayer done. I needed to go. I went to one church. It was 5 p.m. on a Wednesday night 25 years ago. I had to get to a church. I had to get that prayer. I went to one church. The door was locked like that ant. I just kept on going. I went to another church. I looked at it said well i don't know about that one so i kept on going i went to one church and the door was open and there was a man in there i told the man i need to get saved and the spirit of god came down in that place god heard my prayer he honored that fact and i got saved it's hard to kick against the praise. Boy, I want God to be after you just like he was after Paul. I want it when you leave this place that you won't be able to rest until you get saved. You can try it all you want until that light comes on. I want that light to shine in your life. Have you seen the light? Because God is all over this thing. Amen. And so Paul, he was giving this testimony. And so you read about it here. We're almost done. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting to the good part. We're almost done. And so Paul is giving his testimony. And Festus, remember, like I said, Festus, he doesn't understand anything. He's like the guy, you know, there's three people in the world. There's people that watch what happened. There's people that make it happen. And then there's always that one guy that said, what happened? That was Festus. He's like, Paul, What happened? What are y'all talking about? I don't, I don't understand any of this stuff. Fester said, Paul, you're beside yourself. All this learning, you're crazy. All this stuff that you're doing and all this reading that you're doing and all this stuff that you're getting into, boy, when you become a Christian, the world will think you're crazy. You, you know, you, you start looking different. You're not looking like everybody else in the world. You start dressing different. Your clothes get looser. It's not so tight that somebody can spend a quarter on your backside for two hours and it keeps on going. God starts dealing with your heart. You start speaking in a different way. Cursed words just disappear out of your mouth. You start going to church. You start looking in the Bible. You start praying and and seeking after God and inviting people to church. People will think you are crazy, but you're the one that's free They're the ones that are in chains. They're the ones that are still bound by sin. You got to tell them like, Paul, Jesus did something in my life. He said, Paul, you're beside yourself. All this learning has made you crazy. He said, I'm not mad, most noble Festus. He said, I speak forth the words of truth and of soberness. The king, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. King Agrippa, I know you believe the word. There's some of you that believe the word. I'm challenging you to come on up here and pray. I'm challenging you to come up here and get out of your seat when the altar call is made. And to come up here and to give your heart to Jesus Christ. Don't be like Felix. Don't be like Festus. Don't be like Agrippa. What happened with Agrippa? Almost. I read it there in the scripture. He said, almost you persuaded me to be a Christian, Paul. Paul, I was just this close. I was just this close to taking off my robe. I was just this close to taking off that crown and throwing it down for the king of kings who is crowned lord of lords. I was this close to, to laying it all down and coming down and taking the chains and putting them on myself as well. I was this close. Don't be that close. Why? Because you want to be like Paul. You want to be like Paul? You can come on up to the instruments now. You want to be like Paul? Why? You want to be like, like when Festus told him. He said, hey, Paul, you're beside yourself. All this learning has made you crazy. Paul, you're beside yourself. You want to be like when those disciples went out there and they were following after Jesus. People thought that they were mad. You want to be like those women when they went out there to the tomb after the day that Jesus had rose from the dead. They saw Jesus. They saw him as he was risen from the dead. He, they went out there and they told people that I saw Jesus. The people said, no, you're crazy. That can't be. And there were their disciples on the day of Pentecost, that they got filled with the Holy Ghost, that the people that are out there speaking in tongues, as the Spirit of God gave utterance. They had the power of God come upon them, and the people said, well, those guys must be drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. They're out there drinking. Oh, it's 5 p.m. somewhere. I might as well get some vodka. No, they weren't drunk at all, but they had the Spirit of God in them. They were living by the Spirit. God was moving in their life. I don't care if people say, I'm crazy. I'm free. God set me free. That's the most important thing in my life is that I'm free. And so you want to be set free. You want for God to move in your life. You want to be changed and not still in chains. Then come to this altar now. Remember, Tua is going to come. He's going to lead you in the altar service. Come. Come on down here and pray. The service over. I'm going to give you a chance to pray and to seek after God. I'm done preaching. Come on up here and pray. I'm challenging you now. Come. Come and get what you need from the Lord. Come. Don't be like Festus. Don't be like Agrippa. Don't be like Felix. Come. Be like Paul and come. Come to Christ. Amen.